Both interpretations are beautiful and both have merit. It's the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. My name is Steve Webb. I'm your OG Godcaster. It's Poetry Thursday. Our reading will be Song of Solomon, chapters 5 and 6. The website is lifespringmedia.com and I'll have contact information in case you want to get in touch with me at the end of the show. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. And we pray that as we read today, you would teach us, touch our hearts and our minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's begin. Song of Solomon, Chapter 5 I have come to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gather my myrrh with my spices. I eat my honeycomb with my honey. I drink my wine with my milk. Eat, friends. Drink, be intoxicated with love. I sleep, but my heart is awake. A sound, my love is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is drenched with dew, my hair with droplets of the night. I have taken off my clothing. How can I put it back on? I have washed my feet. How can I get them dirty? My love thrust his hand through the opening and my feelings were stirred for him. I rose to open for my love, my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh, on the handles of the bolt. I opened to my love, but my love had turned and gone away. I was crushed that he had left. I sought him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. The guards who go about the city found me. They beat and wounded me. They took my cloak from me the guardians of the walls. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you find my love, tell him that I am lovesick. What makes the one you love better than another, most beautiful of women? What makes him better than another that you would give us this charge? My love is fit and strong, notable among ten thousand. His head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside streams of water washed in milk and set like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice, towers of perfume. His lips are lilies dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is an ivory panel covered with sapphires. His legs are alabaster pillars set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love, and this is my friend, young women of Jerusalem. Song of Solomon, Chapter 6 Where has your love gone, most beautiful of women? Which way has he turned? We will seek him with you. My love has gone down to his garden, to beds of spice, to feed in the gardens and gather lilies. I am my love's, and my love is mine. He feeds among the lilies. You are as beautiful as Tirzah, my darling, lovely as Jerusalem, awe-inspiring as an army with banners. Turn your eyes away from me, for they captivate me. Your hair is like a flock of goats streaming down from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of ewes coming up from washing, each one having a twin and not one missing. Behind your veil, your brow is like a slice of pomegranate. There are sixty queens and eighty concubines and young women without number. But my dove, 
My virtuous one is unique. She is the favorite of her mother, perfect to the one who gave her birth. Women see her and declare her fortunate, queens and concubines also, and they sing her praises. Who is this who shines like a dawn, as beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, awe-inspiring as an army with banners? I came down to the walnut grove to see the blossoms of the valley, to see if the vines were budding and the pomegranates blooming. Before I knew it, my desire put me among the chariots of my noble people. Come back, come back, Shulamite! Come back, come back, that we may look at you! Why are you looking at the Shulamite as you look at the dance of the two camps? Beloved, as you probably know, this book, The Song of Solomon, can be read from at least two levels. It can be read as an account of a bride and groom from a purely human level, or as an allegory of the love of Christ for the Church. Both interpretations are beautiful, and both have merit. Now, as I was studying this book again in preparation for how to present it to you, I came upon an interesting fact. In times past, Jewish teachers often advised their young people not to read it until they were 30 years old, because they were afraid that the book would stir up feelings of lust in them. Well, reading the language with our very different vocabulary today, it's a bit difficult to imagine it having that effect on us, I suppose, but their fears are understandable, don't you think? But if we look at the book from the allegorical perspective, we see how much Christ loves his church and how much we should love him. I ran across the following excerpt from the great 19th century preacher, Charles Spurgeon. He said, in reference to a portion of chapter 15, which reads in the King James, Yea, he is altogether lovely, these following words. Looking at my text, I felt much humbling of spirit, and I hesitated to preach upon it, for I said in my heart, It is high, I cannot attain to it. These deep texts show us the shortness of our plumb line. These ocean verses are so exceeding broad that our skills are apt to be driven far out of sight of land where our timid spirits tremble to spread the sail. Then I comforted myself by the thought that though I could not comprehend this text in a measure, nor weigh its mountains in scales, or its hills in a balance, yet it was all mine own by the gift of divine grace, and therefore I need not fear to enter upon the meditation of it. If I cannot grasp the ocean in my span, yet may I bathe therein with sweet content. If I cannot describe the king and his beauty, yet may I gaze upon him, since the old proverb says, A beggar may look at a prince. Though I pretend not to preach from such a heavenly word as that before us, as to spread before you all its marrow and fatness, yet may I gather up a few crumbs which fall from its table. Poor men are glad of crumbs, and crumbs from such a feast are better than loaves from the tables of the world. Better to have a glimpse of Jesus than to see all the glory of the earth all the days of our life. If we fail on this subject, we may do better than if we succeeded upon another. So we will pluck up courage, seek divine help, and draw near to this wondrous text, with our shoes from off our feet, like Moses when he saw the bush aglow with God. This verse has been translated in another way. He is all desires. And so indeed Jesus is. He was the desire of the ancients. He is the desire of all nations still. To his own people, he is their all in all. They are complete in him. 
they are filled out of His fullness. He is the delight of His servants and fills their expectations to the full. But we will not dispute about translations, for after all, with such a text so full of unutterable spiritual sweetness, every man must be his own translator, and into his own soul must the power of the message come by the enforcement of the Holy Spirit. Such a text as this is very like manna which fell in the wilderness, which the rabbis say it tasted after each man's liking. If the flavor in a man's mouth was very sweetness, the angel's food which fell around the camp was luscious as any dainty he had conceived. Whatever he might be, the manna was to him as he was. So shall this text be. To you with low ideas of Christ, the words shall but glide over your ears and be meaningless. But if your spirit be ravished with the precious love of Jesus, there shall be songs of angels, and more than that, the voice of God's own Spirit to your soul. That was from Spurgeon's The Treasury of the Old Testament. And I can't improve on what he wrote, so I'm going to leave it at that. If you have thoughts or questions I'd like to hear from you, send a boostagram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email. I'll tell you how to do that in just a few moments. Tomorrow will be Prophecy Friday, and our reading will be Revelation chapters 10 through 17. Well, time is almost up. This Saturday is the last day to go to lifespringmedia.com slash ignite and vote for your favorite podcast for the Spark Media Ignite Fan Awards. This show will be coming to an end in just nine days, and you can help put a bow on it by spending about a minute of your time and going to lifespringmedia.com slash ignite and casting your vote. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much. Short show today. Um, you've probably noticed over the last few days that um, I've got a cold going. And I didn't even go to my uh, laser surgery this morning because I woke up and the cold was just pounding head. And, and so I called and I canceled it because I didn't want to make anybody else sick. So anyway, it's a short show today. But as always, I do invite your comments and your questions. There are several ways to get in touch with me. Send a Boostergram using a modern podcast app from podcastapps.com or call the LifeSpring family hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven. And if you have a praise report or a prayer request, please go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com and fill out that form you'll find there. I'll pray for you in my quiet time and we'll pray together on the show. If you have a comment or a question, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com or send an email to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Thanks to the team, Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, Jason Paschal, and Sister Brittany for their generous donations of time and talent. Jason Paschal did today's show art. Beloved, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your day. I enjoy our time together, and I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. All the programs in the LifeSpring Media family are made possible by the generous gifts of people like you.